The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. When I read the first verse of Proverbs 21, I think about sometimes when I'm flying in airplanes and I look out the window and I love to see the bodies of water on the ground and the rivers down below. It's been said that all rivers lead to the sea. And I'm going to comment on that as we get into Proverbs chapter 21, but I want to welcome everybody to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper. Bert, I am getting a lot out of our study of the book of Proverbs, God's book of wisdom, God's book of righteous living and the blessings of that, so much more. Um, I'm, I'm falling in love with the book of Proverbs all over again. I am as well. Uh, I was talking to someone today about my favorite book in the Bible, and I said, since I've been doing Exploring the Word, I think it's the book, that whichever book we're studying <laughs> and uh, at the well, time. Yeah. But Proverbs, it has been. Now, we've done this before, but we haven't done it as much detail. And I'm enjoying this so much. And today in Proverbs 21, this, this particular chapter is jam-packed with, with what I would say is beyond the truths that we need to nail down. And it opens up with chapter 21, verse 1, and I think that is so true, Alex. And we're living in a day when we're praying for our leaders, especially our president. We're praying for prime ministers in in Canada and our, our leaders that are in the Ukraine. We got so many that we're praying for. And uh, listen, I, I trust God. Now, do I trust them? The answer is no. I don't. I don't trust yeah, them. They're right. they're men, but I trust God. And so the bottom line is, I can trust God no matter who the leader might be. Well, Amen. You know, Proverbs twenty one one says, "The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will." The reason I mention that, Bert, a lot of times I'll look out the airplane window and you can see rivers and water often flows north to south. Every once in a while, you'll see a river that kind of seems to turn northward. And uh, I wonder, wow, how does that water flow uphill? (laughs) But all rivers lead to the sea. Well, do you know what? All human activity ultimately is under the subordination of a sovereign God. And you know what? I'm with you, Bert. Um, I, I, I don't trust men always, but I can always trust the Lord. But we do pray that leaders will be influenced uh, and leaders will yield to the Spirit of God. I know right now our nation, a lot of godly people are kind of waiting on edge to see how courts and decisions will influence abortion. And Bert, isn't it good to know that we can pray and leaders that even personally might not be walking with God Somehow the Lord, in his providence, can rule and overrule. And I think Proverbs 21.1 reminds us of that. I agree. And again, um, there, you know, I understand discouragement, but don't let that discouragement turn to despair. Uh, our, our, we trust the Lord. And I, I know this is flippant, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've read the last book in the Bible, and uh, praise the Lord God's wins. 
And we're if you're with him, you will ultimately be the winner. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. The Bible says that we are overcomers. And Alex, uh, if if we're going to be conquerors and overcomers, that means there got to be obstacles, doesn't it? Mm. Well, that's true. And you know, Jesus said, "Be of good cheer; I've overcome the world." Uh, Proverbs 21 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the hearts. That's why it is so imperative that we we shape our life, our behavior, our beliefs, our priorities in light of Scripture. Because we might, in our own mind, tell ourselves, well, you know, this is okay, or we, we sort of legitimize things in our own mind. God judges the hearts. And, and we want our ways, our life, our worldview to be uh, pleasing to God and in line with his word, don't we? We do. And let me tell you about your own thinking. You're either going to justify what you're thinking and doing, or you're going to confess it is wrong. If you're justifying wrong and wrong thinking, bad attitudes, horrible actions, I just want to tell you, uh, there'll be a price to pay. Now, the price for rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, it's an eternal price. But there will mm. be a temporary price for, you know, saying no to things that God says, don't go that way, don't go there. So don't justify your way. Um, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. By that, when you acknowledge him, you acknowledge his right and as you, you shared it about the king rule and overrule, guess what? Not only the king, but Bert Harper. God, I pray you would rule and overrule Bert Harper when he tends to want to go a different way than what God says to go. So we're praying well, that your ways would be that of the Lord. You know, when we talk about Christianity, we talk about uh, relationship versus religion. We talk about reality versus ritual. Now, Proverbs 21.3 says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, why is that? Now, sacrifice is good. Going to church is good. Obeying the Lord is good. But look, you can outwardly engage in rituals. But the question is, where's your heart? And, uh, hey, uh, verse 3, to do justice and judgment. Uh it's been said that one good deed is worth uh, a thousand good intentions. So to do and live rightly is better than just going to the temple to do a sacrifice and going through the outward motions. Um, it's not just about rituals. It's about our relationship and the reality of what God does in our life. That takes us to First Samuel 15, where Saul was rejected by God as being the king of Israel. And Samuel comes to him in verse 22 of chapter 15 to go along with that verse. And uh, again, this is what he said. Has the Lord, as the Lord, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Alex, an obedient heart. Uh, is so important. And and I'm not sure we, and I'll just put it this way, I'm not sure I make as much about that as I should in, in teaching and preaching and in conversation. Obeying the Lord, uh, you know, it's better than the rituals. It's better than all of the things you do. 
Uh, we want to come and have our heart right. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I want my heart to be right in following the Lord. And have you noticed that belief in behavior? They're kind of tied together, aren't they? Oh, my word, yes. See, um, beliefs shape your behaviors. You know, what you, Josh McDowell would famously show this, this triangle. And at the top is, is how we behave. But then underneath is what we believe and what we value. Now, now what you believe is what you think is true. What you value is what you think is important. And then what, you know, your priorities and your beliefs shape your behavior. And Josh would always do this in his parenting seminar. What's the best ways to influence values, beliefs, and behavior? Well, you can talk and you could say, here, go read this book. And sometimes that's, you know, what we should do. But the, the most important way, says Josh McDowell, to influence values, beliefs, and behavior is relationships. And that, that's time. It takes time to do that. But you're right. What we believe will shape how we live and what we do. Verse 4, Proverbs 21, A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Now, these things might seem un, unrelated, but a high look or, or you know, uh, arrogance, being abrasive. God doesn't like that. Bert, let me just say in if I'm off course, you correct me here. Whenever I'm in a restaurant, I've I've watched people um, be very smart to the server. I've watched people in airport just say unrepeatable things to the the poor person with a delayed airplane. Um, to to be arrogant, to be abrasive, to give somebody a verbal beatdown. That kind of hurts my heart whenever I see that. Could it be that Proverbs 21.4 is cautioning against being the arrogant, hair-trigger person? Amen, Alex. Who who made that person, you know, deserves a lot better? You know, um, that server or whoever it may be may be having the worst day of their lives. And uh, I try to remember that. Do I... Do I want to give good service when I am serving people? Yes, I do. But I know that sometimes in my life, uh, and having a hard day, bad news come, difficult times come, uh, it's it's difficult to do that. And you can be a blessing to someone by saying a kind word. You'd rather I, I, I think it I think it works out for you benefit by being kind rather than that haughtiness, Alex. Well, yeah, and I want to get to the, the last part of Proverbs 21.4, but here's the thing. There's a very famous quote by Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, and he said, the, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. The times that we are living in right now are tough times. They really are. And let me, I just want to encourage people, and I'm preaching it myself too. Um, if ever there was a time to show forth our Christianity by being gentle with people, and being patient, because Bert, I, that little word of kindness, that little word of encouragement, that little smile or or attaboy, that just might be the thing that helps somebody make it through one more day. Because I think that quote, "quiet desperation," I think a lot of people just might be there. I believe there's a lot of people there, and you may be there today. And so, Alex and I want to say a word of encouragement to you uh, that listen, God is 
love. He cares for you. He cares where you are. He's mindful of where you are. And uh, I I just want to tell you, God is at work. Even when you don't see it, even when you think I'm the only one, there's several times in the Bible when some men thought they were the only one. Elijah, David, uh, they thought nobody else was there for them. But I want to tell you, God would appear to the Apostle Paul and when he was in the most desperate times, and he said, as I was with you back then, I'm going to be with you now. What a promise. And uh, so in your desperation, look to God. And those of us that have a kind word to say, we may be God's instrument in helping that person. Bert, I've always kind of pondered on uh, or often pondered on the plowing of the wicked is sin. Now, Plowing is generally a good thing. I mean, you're turning the ground because you're going to grow a crop. Um, the wicked, that often refer, you know, the Bible talks about the wicked are reserved to the day of judgment. So is this saying that a, an unsaved person, even in the course of their ordinary day, is sin? I mean, it, it's, it's inappropriate for a child of God to have a proud look and a high look and to treat people wrong. But so so obviously it's wrong for a saved person to do bad. But verse four on the flip side, an unsaved person is is sinning even in the day to day course of doing good. The Bible makes it plain without faith, it is impossible to please God. And uh, listen, if it's not a faith, the Bible says, oh, man, that's sin. You're listening to Exploring the Word. We're in Proverbs chapter 21, and we'll return with more of this chapter. It's got some great, great advice. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Ned Price, spokesperson for the U.S. Department of State. He's responsible for communicating U.S. foreign policy to American and foreign media in daily press briefings. Psalm 19.14 reminds us of the importance of wise words. Let the words of my mouth and the mediation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Right now, with this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Ned Price as he speaks on behalf of the State Department. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says that just like any skill, living the Christian life requires both training and experience. He'll tell us more about how that process works today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Just as your physical reality has senses, your spiritual reality has senses. It can pick up signals. But senses need to be trained. They don't just happen, they need to be developed. When a football team goes to the training room, they go through the playbook to learn the particular plays. But then they go to the practice field. On the practice field, they practice the plays they learned in class. But once you've been hit a tackle, now we know whether you know the play. In other words, we don't know you know the play because you said amen. You got your Bible, so it looks like you know the play, 
But the only way we know that you know to play is on the field. So what God does is put you on the field of life where you have to make decisions. And when he puts you on the field of life through trials and troubles and difficulties, do you run to God's word? Do you run to God's perspective? Do you act on what he says? Or do you go to the human way of doing it? The secular way of doing it? The non-Christian way of doing it? Then God says, you didn't learn to play because you're not accustomed to using the word of righteousness. You talk it, you agree with it, but until you do it on the practice field, you don't know it yet. Before you get tackled by another trial, check out Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about You know, in Proverbs chapter 21, as with all of the book of Proverbs, we read about the right way, the good way, the true way, and the way of blessing. And fortunately, thank you, Lord, that way, God's path is available to all. This is Alex McFarland along with Bert Harper, and you are listening to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. And Bert, um, as we get back into Proverbs 21, uh, so many of these scriptures we talk about in our book, The 100 Bible Questions and Answers. I know it's available at the AFA store. And listen, over the weekend I was uh, getting some emails and Hey, we give God the glory, but people like this book, and we, you and I have done our best to go over some of the questions that are kind of pretty tough questions, and um, isn't it a blessing that the Word of God is touching so many lives, and uh, I'm thankful it touched our lives, too. They, they did. The questions challenged us. What kind of answer? And the answers we give is in written form that you can study over, and they're small enough that you can kind of retain that. And uh, we want it to help you. We're praying that those that would read it would be drawn closer to the Lord. If there's those that are do not know Christ and they read that, and they'll see that there's answers to some of the most difficult questions of life. Now, there are some questions, as I said before, you know, don't answer. The Bible says avoid certain questions, and uh, but these questions all are legitimate. We did our best to answer them, and we pray that it would bless you. Speaking of, of God's Word, here in Proverbs 21, again, we went over the first four verses, and it took— uh, you know, 14 minutes for us to do that. We, If we do that again, hmm. we we'll, won't get through. But there's two or three that I really wanted to get. And, uh, Alex, I, I just feel like verse 5 is one of those. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Listen, diligence, again, integrity, diligence. Uh, the book of Proverbs kind of puts those uh, high up on the list of what we should be trying to, how we should live our lives, don't they? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's why I think the book of Proverbs is very motivating. I, I get inspired when I read this. And, you know, there's motivation, there's warning. Uh, verse 6 says, The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity, tossed to and fro by them that seek death. You know, whenever you read the, the words to and fro uh, in the Bible, that's not good because it's um, really indicative of like being on a ship out on some stormy seas. Your Ephesians talks about getting tossed to and fro. So the getting of treasure by a lying tongue is is vanity. In other words, you're, you're just lying to yourself. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment, says mm. verse 7. The way of a man is froward and strange or, you know, um, struggling against God. But as for the pure, his work is right. Hallelujah. Um, we want our way to be pleasing to God, don't we? We do. Let's think about pure in heart. Uh, pure in heart has the idea of one way. The Bible makes it a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Uh, the Bible talks about halting between two decisions. If God be God, serve God. If men serve it. So here it is. Be pure. Have your have your thought life. Now, I think it also has the idea of thinking that which is pure, that which is good. I think the scripture that goes along with this is in the New Testament, Philippians 4, 8, about if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And what were those things? If you start looking at that list, guess what it's a description of? Jesus Christ. And, mm. and I want to tell you, if you can concentrate in your mind, in your heart, that which is of Christ, that which is pure, that which is good. I think it was said by two different people, but I know it was said by uh, Charles Spurgeon that in his mind, if he could think of Jesus on the cross uh, every 15 or every 30 minutes, it helped him with his thought life. And so, Alex, <clears throat> to think on Jesus, to know him, and to dwell on him, uh, I think it really makes a difference in our lives uh, how we walk and how we behave, brother. Well, it really does. Uh, verse 9 is a famous verse, and uh, I'm just going to read it, and we'll give a comment. But verse 9 of Proverbs 21, It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Now, the word brawling means quarrelsome. A big house, you might think, well, gee, a big, a big mansion, that'd be great. Uh, a corner of the roof being... You know, when I was little, I heard this verse, Bird. I pictured a flat roof house, and you're out in the cold, in the rain, but you're up on the roof. Well, this is a verse saying, hey, look, you need harmony in the home. Um, here's how you see it in the modern world. Go to a gift shop, and you'll see a plaque. And it says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Bert, have you ever seen one of those plaques? Yes, and uh, it's been quoted by a lot of people. And I have one hanging up in a room in my house. You know, it says, treat your wife like a thoroughbred rather than like just a regular thing, cause it, rather than like a nag. Now, listen, we need to treat our wives correctly as well. And uh, we need to be intentional. We Husbands, be intentional at loving and caring for your wife. Um, and wives, respond to that in kind and, and work together. Alex, uh, the harmony is so important. Isn't it good to hear a quartet 
or a choir or or worship team sing in harmony with the different parts. You need the different parts. It makes it sound fuller. It makes it sound better. So when a husband and wife working together, uh, it just makes things a lot better. Well, I'm going to say this, and and we're in Proverbs 21. Uh, We've said this before, but I'm going to say it in in the spirit of uh, Proverbs 21.9. Christian men, the second greatest gift God will ever give you, second only to salvation, is is a godly wife. And uh, (laughs) I heard a speaker, Bert, and, and I agree. One of the ways, one of the predominant ways that the Lord speaks to men is through their wife. And I know men, we, we write things on paper, we're very logical, very analytical, and the wife might say, well, you know, I just, I just have a gut feeling. Very, very, very often, the Lord will try to speak to a man through his wife. That's why you need to listen to your wife. And heard a speaker say that a, a godly wife is the Holy Spirit in a skirt. Now, <laughs> um, but there's an old saying, happy wife, happy life. And and do you know what we men are to serve our wives? We lay down our life for our bride because Christ laid down His life for His bride, the church. That's what Bert. One of the reasons Satan is so vehemently attacked the family is because the family, rightly structured, is a picture of the gospel, isn't it? It is, and it's uh, the best gospel track there is if it's living out. Uh, I think Pilate, if he could go back, he said, man, I should have listened to my wife when she came to Pilate and says, I've suffered many things uh, in, in dreams about this man. You you know, have nothing to do with this judgment. Pilate went ahead and did it, what, tried to wash his hands of the whole thing. But, man, how much different it would have been for Pilate had he listened to his wife. Mm. Uh, it's it's, well, it's something that we need to look at, men. Well, you know, the Bible goes on in Proverbs 21, and it warns about uh, the soul of the wicked that desires evil and um, a scorner, verse 11. You know, I've I've met people, many, maybe you know what I'm talking about, and it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to scoff at it or make fun of it or or denigrate. there's this old saying, you know, it's not original with me. I know everybody's heard it, but it says, words or seeds that start to grow, so be careful what you sow. You know, the the Bible talks about a, a scorner who just uses words to tear things down, tear people down. Um, the simple is made wise, and when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. Here's the thing. You can go from simple to wise. You can be instructed and receive knowledge, and it goes on, and it talks about the righteous man. Bert, um, I know people with great intellect, but they've not amounted to anything because they're not teachable. On the other hand, I've known people of of just average abilities, but they become great because they pursued God. It makes a difference. Pursue God. Uh, guard your heart, what you let in, and God will help you. Uh, we got to have a filter in our minds these days of what's coming in and and filter it through the Word of God, and that's the righteous part of the Word of God leading you. Uh, Alex, verse 13 speaks pretty loudly. I think it cries mm-hmm. out very loud, a megaphone. Whoever yes, shuts yes. his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Uh, 
I listen uh, now. Those that are poor, God in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, you see God's concern with those that are widows and those that are orphans. Uh, Alex, their defenses in our day. Let me just tell you, the cry of the unborn, uh, crying out. Uh, you remember the? It was a film, Silent Scream, and mm. and it showed a. It was very, very plain about a baby uh, in the womb and and trying and them trying to abort that child, and you could see that child uh, digressing and run and moving away. Alex, uh, listen, do not shut our ears to to what's going on. Uh, I, I would say over in the book of Leviticus, chapter twenty. Uh, when the children of Israel was ready to go into Canaan, and there was the God of Molech that was just a hideous, horrible God, and they were offering child sacrifices. And it says, if you don't judge that man, I will judge him and his family. It also comes across like he's going to judge a country that lets mm-hmm. that happen. And so uh, the cry of the poor, those that are born and unborn, we need to have an ear for it, don't we? We do. We do. And folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word, Bird and Alex here. And uh, by the way, you can listen to past broadcasts. All the shows are archived and a lot of great programming, everything from Sandy Rios to today's issues to uh, uh, exploring missions. And go to AFR.net on the web or on any uh, telephone or mobile device, the wonderful app. And we appreciate you listening. Now, Bert, I'm going to ask your advice because you're a pastor and you uh, you help a lot of people, and I, I learned so much from you. Uh, verse 13 says that we're not to stop our ears to the cry of the poor. And so uh, what do you do, though? Like, and, and I see this everywhere I go, Bert. I drive in a car, you come up to an intersection, and there are people at intersections asking for money. Even today, Bert, just two, three hours ago, I was driving to come record and do radio with you, and the guy walks up to my window. How do you handle that? I've got another question, too. We are to be compassionate to the poor and help where we can, but what do you do? It seems like everywhere we go, people walk up to the car window and want money. How do you handle that, Bert? It is very dangerous. Here's my principle, <clears throat> and then I respond, and sometimes I've broken this principle, that giving cash out like that usually is not good. If God impresses you, I've, I've gone and offered people to buy them something. I've offered uh, to buy them food. And uh, most of the time, they, that's not what I want. They want money. And uh, certain things were revealed. I would use the principle, be careful. But God may impress you at a different time to do that. And God do, has do impressed me. Okay, Bert, this one, uh, whether it's legitimate or not, the Lord gave me an impression, as best I could tell, that, yeah, you need to help this guy. So yeah. it's one of those things I think you have to—the principle is be very cautious. Most of the time, don't. But if you're going to feel led, offer him something, offer him food, offer him work, <clears throat> offer housing or clothing. Yeah. Uh, money sometimes doesn't do any good when you give it to him, Alex. I just remember you and I, uh, you and Jan and Angie and me were in Fayetteville back about three or four years ago, and you and I were going to go speak, and a lady came up, and we offered to buy this lady food, and we went in a restaurant, and we all ate, and she wept because she said she hadn't eaten in a couple of days. Do you remember that? I do. I do. 
But uh, use discretion. Use discretion. I, I had a, a law enforcement officer. He said to me, he said, you know, um, if you just hand out money, it, it might wind up drugs or alcohol. But uh, this is a time we definitely need to, um, discernment, compassion, but discernment. Uh, verse 14, a gift in secret pacifieth anger and a reward in the bosom, strong wrath. Um, diplomacy, <laughs> discernment on the one hand, diplomacy. To uh, I'm just going to say about verse 14, it sounds a little bit like how we say down south, fence mending. Bert, have you ever had somebody you had to go do some fence mending? I with? have. <clears throat> and, and let me just say this. Uh, you know, don't make a big show of gifts, uh, you know. And uh, listen, when you give, <clears throat> give not expecting anything. I mean, you know, uh, be careful how you give. If you give expecting more than they can deliver, you're always going to be disappointed, Alex. Mm. It is a joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Uh, verse 15, I want to say this. The more you do the right thing, the more it's going to become a habit and even a joy. Verse, It is a joy to the person who is just or righteous. Now remember Habakkuk 2, Romans 1.16. We're justified by faith, not works. So I, I hope you're walking in a state of justification because you've put your faith in Jesus. But to a, to a godly, righteous person, to do the right thing is a joy. In fact, it becomes just natural. But destruction to the workers of iniquity. But we want to be just, don't we? We do. And I love that joy. That joy is unspeakable. <clears throat> it's full of glory. And, and I want to just tell you, when you're right with the Lord and you're doing it and you're behaving in your practice, it brings joy to others as well. We'll be back with more of Exploring the Word. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. This is Frank Affney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern right here on AFR. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the height of a Holy Spirit outpouring in Samaria, where the gospel was being preached with great power and droves of people were converting to follow Christ, the Lord instructed Philip to leave Samaria and head south to Gaza. Philip didn't know a divine appointment awaited him. Through his ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch, the gospel would spread to Africa. He left the crowd to serve one. I call this step-down faith. 
It's easy to step up for the attention and applause of the masses. But do we have step-down faith? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 9, 41, Jesus said to his followers, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and to bear with you? Every beginning swimmer learns early the skill of floating on their back. At first, a spotter helps you put your head, arms, and legs just where they need to be. Mostly, they help you stay calm when you're thinking about sinking. But you soon learn that if you just sort of lay back, the water will hold you up every time. Jesus can hold you up in the most difficult circumstances, but you have to trust Him. Maybe right now you're facing something that seems too hard. Instead of being faithless and going the wrong way, trust Jesus. He can use you in powerful ways when you trust Him to hold you up. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go, let us make disciples. As we go, let us tell the world of Welcome back to Exploring the Word. So honored that you're listening. You know, ordinarily in this uh, time of the show, we take calls, and today, uh, they're doing some work, and so we can't take calls today, so we're going to keep on in the book of Proverbs, and you stay with us if you would and continue listening. Bert, I do want to remind everybody as we get into this final segment that it's coming up July 8 through 10, I will be at the Cove. The Billy Graham Training Center will be going through the book of First uh, Peter, and you know one of the great things there, we joined with people from all over North America, and occasionally even internationally, but People will will fellowship, will pray together, will make new friends. You'll see amazing scenery. You'll eat really good food because the Cove (laughs) has great food. But best part of all, we'll get into the Word of God. I'd love to see you there July 8 through 10, and you can learn more at thecove, C-O-V-E, thecove.org. And... um, i got to ask you this, Bert. Is there a fishbowl retreat this year? There is. It's going to be in October, Pastor Appreciation Month, and it's going to be up and promoted. I probably will start this month promoting it. It's in October, and we're going to be in Tennessee, Linden Valley Conference Center, and okay. uh, there will be limited uh, you know, capacity because uh, we found out uh, we, we try to get to know everybody that's at the fishbowl. And uh, for three days and two nights, it's a great, great opportunity. Jan, uh, my wife, does an awesome job of communicating the truth and the help that that the Lord gives as you are ministering and serving. So it'll be well worth that time. So be praying about it. Even start asking your pastor and his wife, would you like to go to the fishbowl retreat? And uh, we don't know everything about it, but we're working on it in October. So get ready to hear more information. Well, amen. Well, we're back in Proverbs 21. And uh, Proverbs uses the phrase, the way, meaning, you know, God's path. And Bert, we often say this, the, the right thing to do is rarely a mystery. 
I mean, we we legitimize and rationalize, but we know the right way to do if we'll only listen to the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 says, The man that wanders out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Wow. Now, I was a young believer, and I was reading through the Bible. That jumped out at me. Let me tell you, folks, you don't want to be in the congregation of the dead. Now, what is the way of understanding that you're being tempted to deviate from? Maybe you're being tempted by uh, an illicit relationship. Maybe you're being tempted to uh, not tell the truth about something. But Bert, uh, there's a pathway to the congregation of God's people. That's truth and righteousness. But there is a decision you can make. I have seen people where one decision or one compromise led them to some very undesirable destinations. The congregation of the dead, that's pretty vivid language, isn't it? It is. And remember what Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to death, and many there go in. And narrow is the gate or the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Uh, it's Jesus Christ. This is the way. There's no other way. Follow him. Now, Alex, listen to verse 17. I think this is a verse for our wow. day in yeah. 2022. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Hmm. Uh, what are you spending your time doing? And and this is a little bit different than slothfulness. Uh, you know, and over in the New Testament, says they become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, we're living in America, and I think it's the whole of Western civilization as well, is is lovers of pleasure and uh, trying to sell pleasure. Go on this, uh, drink this, uh, you know, and listen, real joy, and we talked about that earlier, you know, back in a previous verse, the real joy is coming and following the Lord. Uh, the pleasure that the world offers is always temporary, isn't it, Alex? Well, it is. It is. Uh, you know, there, there's a story that has been passed around, but it's absolutely true. 200 years ago, there was the French atheist Voltaire, and, and Voltaire uh, predicted that Christianity would be forgotten and, and gone within 25 years of his lifetime. And then years later, after the death of Voltaire, uh, his house became a distribution point for Bibles. And his printing press that he had printed infidel atheist literature on was used to print Bibles. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 21, the wicked will be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. Now, the word ransom there, we think of like, you know, getting somebody out of a hostage situation. But you know what? The Bible says of the unsaved world, even the wrath of man will praise him. Praise God. I want to tell you this. The the work of the unbeliever, the wealth of the atheists, the efforts of a lost world to silence the church, it's not going to happen. Um, Bert... It's it's just logically impossible for the creature to overthrow the creator, for finite man to dethrone infinite God. And so there's a lot we could say about verse 18 and following, but I'm going to say this, that uh, serve the Lord. Do you remember the principle of Gamaliel? 
um, in the New Testament said, look, if, if Christianity is, is not true, it'll come to naught. But if it is true, heaven help us if we find ourselves fighting against God. It was great advice. <clears throat> when I hear that, it, it came across, you, you've heard or know of Frank Peretti, he's a great author. And, I remember. Yeah, and Frank Peretti, he was being interviewed, and I think it was on Dr. Dobson's program, but it was that time when, you know, I am God, pantheism and humanism being lifted. and uh, New age, he comes Yeah, to. and it's, and he used uh, an example of, of Shirley MacLaine, who at that time was an actor. She was very popular, but she was making herself God, and she says, can you imagine her going out? And he could, you can only do it the way Frank Peretti did it, and said, can you imagine how that sounds in heaven? She goes out uh, right on the beach and says, I am God. I am God. <laughs> said, it's so irritating, but can't be heard. God speaks loudly and clearly. Mm. And I, I want to tell you, is the best man can do doesn't even rise to the level of God being able to bring you up. Uh, we, mm. The pit is so deep that we can't crawl out of it. And, and, and the, the mire is so sticky that we can't become unstuck. But God is able to bring us out of that pit. He's able to bring us out out of that mire and set our feet upon a rock. And he even puts a new song in our heart, Alex. And so Amen. don't go man's way. You were talking about the way and wandering from the way. That wrong way leads to a pit, and you don't want to be in it. It's the destruction of death, as you said. Well, uh, verse 19 is a lot like verse 9. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. You know, verse 9, it said, better to dwell on the corner of the housetop than in a big mansion. Now it says better to dwell out in the wilderness. Um, you know what? As my grandmother said, be sweet. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spins it up. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy finds Life, righteousness, and honor. Amen. My goodness, verse 21, these things, life, righteousness, and honor. Bert. I think that's salvation, Alex. I, you I know, was just going to say. Don't you agree? Yeah, because look, when you give your life to Jesus, your sins are forgiven. But uh, not only do you get, you know, forgiveness, but the Bible talks about the righteousness of Christ is imparted to you. In other words, when... The Lord looks at you, if you're a believer, he sees the holiness of Jesus. Romans 4, the righteousness of Christ is imparted to you. And then honor. There's a legacy. There's a testimony. There's a good name. Okay, life, righteousness, honor. That's almost like conversion, Christian growth, and then your impact. And and I want to say this, Bert. Um, the greatest impact, the greatest legacy or estate that we could ever leave. I don't know if you'll leave a seven-figure estate to your kids, but I'm going to tell you something you can leave to everybody that ever knew you. You can leave the witness of the gospel. And isn't that what every one of us, what a privilege and, frankly, a responsibility to uh, let our life point people to the Savior? Amen. If you don't have life, really, what do you have, regardless of how much is money's in the bank or how many stocks you have or how many bedrooms you have in your home? That word, life, 
Think about that life. Are you living the life that God intended for you to live? Are you just going your way? You remember what this proverb said over in place? There's way and a way that seems right to a man, but the ends are the ways of death. Listen, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And that's the life that we're talking about. And if you're searching for that and you need someone to talk to today, there's a number that we partner with, a group of people, and you can call this number. It's 888-NEED-HIM, 888-NEED-HIM. There's no strings attached. Just call, and and they'll help you. They'll pray with you. And, And, Alex, that scripture is so powerful. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life. And then what happens? Righteousness and honor follow that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what follows the life when you follow him. So follow Christ all the way. Well, I'm going to give a little bit of um, culture trivia. In the 60s, there was a book by a guy named Harvey Cox called The Secular City. And uh, it was basically talking about, you know, how the world is changing and it, everything is urban now and Not only is it big city, but it's secular, not godly. Well, there was a book in the late 80s written by a Christian thinker named J.P. Moreland called Scaling the Secular City. Now, that's a great title, J.P. Moreland. It's a good book on defending the faith. But it says in Proverbs 21-22, A wise man scales the city of the mighty and casts down the strength of the confidence thereof. I love that title, and I know there's a lot there, but scaling the mighty city or the secular city. Bert, we could do it. I want to tell you something, folks. The biblical worldview is the only worldview that is verifiable or defensible. Or uh, people ask, can you prove Christianity? Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, you can. Uh, that's another show for another day. But here's the thing. As I read verse 22, we who know the true and living God, the Spirit of God is in us. We have prayer. We have Scripture. We have truth. Plus, we have the heart of Christ that uh, Matthew 16, 18, he's going to build his church. And God is not uh, willing that any should perish. The Lord wants people to know the way of salvation. We can scale the mighty city, quote-unquote, and and with the, the truth of God's Word, uh, we can cast down the strength of those principalities that are against God. Amen. Bert, all of that to say this, and I want your response. I think once again, the church of the 21st century, we have got to understand our role that we are to proclaim truth, but we're also to refute error. And in the power of God and for His glory, we've got to take back ground that the enemy has held for just too long. Yeah, we we have stepped back from areas that we should not have stepped back from as believers. The education in America, when it first started, it was the church, the Christians. Uh, When it came to the arts, it was the believers, it was Christians. In some way, we stepped back and we gave room to Satan, and they have dominated that area. And so, yes, taking it back. But again, I love that scale 
climb over those walls that Satan has put up. Climb over them to what? The stronghold to tear it down. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, And let me just tell you about that wall. The wall of Satan, it is always built on a lie. The foundation of the walls of Satan are always weak. And so go forward in Christ. Don't let Satan in his lies. uh, He's the father of lies. Don't you believe it? Don't be swallowed up by the secular city. Uh, Mm. Be set free and climb, scale those walls, Alex. Good word, brother. Well, verse 23 is a verse that I need to be mindful of more often than, than uh, normal. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Bert, um, I, know, I don't know about you, but I know about myself. There's been a whole lot of times that I thought, now why did I say that? And uh, the Bible says here, if you can keep your mouth, uh, watch what you say, you can spare yourself from some trouble. I mean, that that's an admonition that I, I need to learn my whole life over and over. James brought this out in the book of James about the tongue no man can tame, but the Holy Spirit in your life, let him lead you. You know, think before you speak. Uh, some of us are guilty of not doing that, but let the Holy Spirit guide you. And whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Listen, guard your heart as well, because out of the mouth, uh, it reveals some things uh, that's down deep in your heart. So guard your heart. Watch your mouth. Verse 25 uh, speaks to being uh, industrious, not slothful, you know, having initiative. And it goes on and it talks about not not being a false witness, but being honest. Um, The horses prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. That's for sure, isn't it? It is. And listen, uh, a mighty army, uh, listen, if you read the Old Testament, you'll find the mighty armies were defeated many times by the people of God. Alex, it's been great to be with you here today. And Proverbs 21, filled with wisdom, right? Filled with wisdom. What a what an honor. Folks, thanks for listening. We give God the glory, and we encourage you to keep on reading in Proverbs. Hey, tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network, about exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.